Hi, I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. This is episode 73. Welcome, welcome. How are you, friends? How are you this fine August day? I felt like I lied a little bit in that um, intro with my cup of tea because what I really have today, my form of tea of the day, is kombucha, which is just fermented black tea, um, at least the way I make it. And uh, it's, you know, it's a warm day here, so it seems like a better a better choice than hot tea. Um, I have to say that my love for making kombucha (laughs) ebbs and flows. And before we left on vacation, I decided I needed to process this, you know, a gallon and a half that I had brewing, Um, but I'd kind of left it for the last minute. And I've learned that, so usually with kombucha, um, or yeah, I, I guess usually would be the right way to say it, is that you bottle it with a little bit of some, often with another flavor, like a little bit of um, juice or some uh, blueberries or raspberries or lemon and ginger. Those are pretty common things. But And then you let it sit for another few days to do a second fermentation so that that bacteria and yeast um, start feeding on the, the additional sugar you have added into it and it creates more carbonation. As a matter of fact, if you just want it plain, a lot of people put in just like a half a teaspoon of sugar to give the, the, the bacteria and yeast something to, to feed on. But, um, and that's called the second fermentation. And that has, is usually how I make it. But I've learned that I really just like the taste of kombucha on the first fermentation, which is just has a little bit of carbonation. So that's what I did is I just bottled up, you know, nine bottles of just kombucha straight out of the first fermentation. And you know what? I like it. I think my kids tend to like it when it's a little sweeter, but I'm a little bit more off sugar than that. So this is, uh, this kind of tartness just really hits the spot. So I got back from vacation about a week ago. Yeah, a week ago today. And oh my goodness, it was it was lovely. I definitely came back refreshed and and re-energized. My extended family and I do this trip up to a lake house every other year. Um, And it is just the most relaxing um, vacation. I guess my family, my extended family, my two of my brothers and my dad, we're a pretty low drama family. So it's, we enjoy each other's company and, um, we just, you know, hang out at this lake house. The kids, now that my kids are older, it's so nice. You can, they can just come and go as they please on the jet ski. Um, did a few, I guess really only one trip out in the boat for me. Um, you know, cause I'm, I don't really, I'm not interested in tubing anymore, but, uh, we do what we call like the, the pleasure tour or the real estate tour where my brother takes us around the, <laughs> the perimeter of the lake. And so we can discuss all the different lake houses and which ones we like and which ones we don't and how we would change things. And, <laughs> and that is always super fun. So, um, yeah, so just lots of reading and knitting and chatting and good food and, um, and I was so happy that, you know, all three of my kids were able to go. So it was just, it was wonderful. So it was a little bit of a, of a harsh reality. Actually, it wasn't too bad to come back. I took the, I took Monday off. I came home Sunday. I firmly believe in, in bookending 
vacations, if at all possible, with a day to pack on one end and, and to get your life straightened out on the other. I just, I can't imagine coming home at midnight on Sunday and having to work Monday the next day. So I, so that was actually very nice to just have that, that day to do the laundry, wipe things down, go to the grocery store, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, so that's just, you know, it's been pretty, pretty easy living around here. Um, we're getting to really the dog days of summer and the garden is showing it. <laughs> all the blooms are looking a little faded in the same way we all sort of feel, right? Um, so I'm kind of starting to think about what the fall garden's going to look like and and um, our vegetable garden, it, you know, it was okay, but not great. As, as a matter of fact, as it always is, I packed up about, I don't know, um, a half dozen to a dozen tomatoes and gave them to a friend the day before we left because the garden always comes right into, you know, the biggest part of the harvest when we go on vacation. And since then, we've had like two tomatoes. So I, I've said it every year for like three years that if we don't get a decent garden this year, then I'm going to give a vegetable gardening. And this really may be the year. I don't know. I'm really thinking about just converting that whole space to just a big old cut flower garden. So we'll see. Um, and, uh, you know, it's that time of year if you've got um, college-age kids. Kids are starting to go back to college, going back to school. Um, the, the, the University of California system doesn't start until like mid to late September. So we still have another month with our, our college freshman bound kid. And, but it's, you know, it's a lot of, um, goodbye parties for him, for his friends as they leave. And we've just, you know, started to get into the diving into buying all those things that you need to, to take to college. So, uh, it's definitely bittersweet, definitely bittersweet but it is just kind of fun to to spend that time you know with kid number three um at, by this point we really know what you're going to use and what you don't need on those college um bound to college checklists <laughs> so so we've been kind of enjoying that well before we get talking about quilting i'd like to thank the fat quarter shop for sponsoring the podcast fat quarter shop is a one-stop show for quilting fabrics and supplies for quilters around the world they stock quilt shop quality fabrics pre-cuts quilt kits patterns notions and even cross-stitch supplies enjoy an eternal spring with vanessa gertzen of lella boutique and her latest book the rose in bloom block of the month with 10 enchanting quilt blocks arranged into a floral inspired setting this quilt is a veritable garden party of wonder. The book comes out October 2021, but you can pre-order it now. And there's also kits available. I don't know if you know Lella Boutique Fabric. Uh, she is one of my very favorite fabric designers. And I think you will be so inspired by this book. You should definitely check it out. I'll put a link in the show notes. Let's talk some quilting. I bought a new quilt pattern and fabric, and I am super, super excited about it. The pattern is called Cabin Valley, and it is by a designer called Cotton and Joy. I will definitely put a link in the show notes. When I saw this um, pattern in on Instagram, I, I mean, it just it totally stopped my scroll, and I just, just like, I love everything about this quilt. Um, it, it's a modern log cabin design that's set on point. It's super clean and crisp. And um, she has, you know, once I got the pattern, I realized she's kind of written it for two different ways of thinking about it. One of them is what she calls a modern ombre. And that's what um, the, the cover quilt is. And that's the fabric that I bought. 
all solids that just kind of does a, um, a very soft, you know, rainbow ombre from navy um, through yellows and pinks and greens and oh it's just it's really really pretty it's hard to describe but you should definitely check check out the show notes and there's an etsy shop that has put together a kit for it uh, called simply love fabrics and i definitely checked her out and i did not end up buying the kit but i did buy fabric from her since i already had purchased a bunch of background fabric from Fat Quarter Shop earlier this summer because I was tired of never having enough. So I bought five yards each of Moda Bella 97 and 98, which are ones very white. I think that's might be 98 and then 97 is a little bit more off-white. Um, Kona Snow is also a favorite background of mine. It seems to go with everything. But anyway, so I had plenty of background. So the the pattern calls for nine Fat Quarters. And she was using um, the Riley Blake confetti solids. And so I ended up just buying a half yard of each of those nine. It, you, you just need a fat quarter, but I am trying to build my um, stash of solids. And so these were, are beautiful colors. I already liked them. So I figured, you know, why not just have a little bit left over? So I placed that order yesterday and I am hoping that um, it, it's going to be, I looked at the instructions, it's a pretty easy, you know, it's, it's log cabin, it's an easy piecing, easy piecing quilt, and I'm hoping this will help me get over my, what I have to just describe as aversion <laughs> to machine quilting at the moment, it's crazy. I am doing all kinds of creative and crafty things, but not sitting down at my sewing machine. Now that I have my space back, I'm just not doing it, and so I just figured, you know what, I mean, I've done, I've done some improv quilting and, you know, but I just can't kind of get going. And I just feel like I would like a project to do, you know, start to finish. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited that that will just kind of make a, an easy on-ramp for me. Like someone else has given me the dimensions, the colors, the patterns, everything. All I have to do is just sit down and sew, which I love. And I think I will be reminded of that. So I am very excited about that. The other thing that I've been doing, which is quilting adjacent, but not actually quilting yet, is, and I will do a full review of this of this class when I'm through it, but I am taking the Creative Spark class called Transform Your Scraps, the Treasure Box Block. Um, it is by Judy um, Gautier, I think is how you say her name. She's written uh, like maybe three books on scraps. I've reviewed them before here. If you buy that class from Creative Spark, I'll put a, a link in the show notes, um, you also get an ebook for quilts for scrap lovers, and there is a quilt on the cover of that book that I want to make, and and I definitely want to use my stash to do that. Um, it is just beautiful. It's it's uh, again, it's kind of like a you know like each block is made with one color of scraps, and it's all about how you put it together. Um, but uh, so that's the next quilt I think after this. Um, cabin valley is i want to actually not just you know i'm are you do you do this and sometimes guilty of watching classes but then not actually doing the thing that is the beauty of an in-person class isn't it is that online you can just easily kind of watch it and not do it so i am working on my way through the improv class and i am absolutely enjoying that which is what is making me realize i need more solids i need um i need some more colors so so that'll be good 
And um, so yeah, so I'm going to work my way through that um, class and make that quilt and I will keep you posted on that. But I'm enjoying it. Again, when CNT hires people to make these classes, they are absolute pros at this. And I, I met Judy uh, Gautier one time at Quilt Market years ago when I um, got to go to promote uh, So Illustrated, which was like five years ago now. And um, she is delightful and she just so knows her stuff. She talks a lot about color in this class and color theory, which of course, you know, I'm very interested in because I feel insecure about color. Um, and so she has just done a fabulous job of, of breaking things down. She has certain sizes that she cuts scraps into so that they all work together. If you follow Bonnie Hunter's scrap system, you know all about that. She's really um, more, Judy here is more about three different sizes of squares. And um, I am very tempted. I think I may go buy those templates from CNT um, that will help that will cut, help you cut those everything into those sizes because I think it's just easier to, to do it that way. It seems like a, a reasonable investment if you're going to be using a lot of her patterns, which I, I think I will in the future. So, anyways, I will um, keep you posted on that. I'm totally loving it. And the last quilting related thing I want to talk about is um, a book from CNT called just one charm pack quilt this is by cheryl bricky and um, this says bust your pre-cut stash with 18 projects in two colorways and i think this was such a smart book to write because how often are you standing they're in a quilt shop and they've got those beautiful beautiful charm packs sitting right there and your favorite designer has just come out with a new line and you don't really know what you want to do with it but you know that you would like to have some of this fabric right i mean i am so guilty of this so this is a fabulous resource to use those um you know you just buy one and then that that fabric you know it's it's it was five years ago right so you like i can't get any more of this so this is a solution and um oh man I'm, I'm just absolutely digging these quilts she's done a great job so some of them are um you know so it's just with one charm pack she also gives you suggestions for you know if there's a piece that you don't really like in there you know you can pull things out of your stash go get some yardage if that line is still available um, most of them are obviously a little on the smaller side, but they also rely on a lot of background fabric to, you know, to, to stretch the charm pack. Um, so if you, for instance, had two charm packs, you could make more of a throw size quilt. Um, I would also love what she's done here in that she has given alternate colorways. So she's made, you know, the, the quilt for the pattern, but then she shows you another way to do it, often with more of a... a a darker background fabric which really changes the look of a quilt um, but no I, I think she's done a, a fabulous job and I'm definitely hanging on to this one um, for when you need a baby quilt or a table topper or just anything like that that's that's simple and quick and you don't really want to run to the store for fabric whatever you know you've got a charm pack <laughs> right and that's why you, if you keep a big stash of background fabric on hand you are always ready to sit down and make a quilt when minky used to live down the street from me we used to uh, go in together and buy background fabric by the bolt and then just cut it in half and, and we'd each take it and at this point i just kind of feel like maybe i should buy well i just bought five yards each but when those are done i just might buy a bolt of each because it is so nice to know that you are never going to run out of, of background fabric so anyways one charm just one charm pack quilts from cheryl bricky 
Let's move on to knitting. If you have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've probably realized that I'm either all about knitting or I'm not knitting at all. <laughs> and that seems to be the way that it goes. My love for quilting um, is, is consistent. And even though I'm not doing a lot of machine quilting right now, I am still hand quilting. I didn't talk about that, but I'm either not knitting or I'm obsessed with knitting. So um, a little while ago, a few weeks ago, I started sock knitting. I just, um, I was doing a lot of handwork. I was doing a lot of hand quilting and I felt like I just, I needed a different kind of motion for my hands and my wrists. They were starting to hurt. So I started knitting and then I'm just like, oh my gosh, I love knitting. <laughs> Why do I always forget that I love knitting? Um, and so I think, and I've talked about on maybe the, probably the last podcast that I came across, um, a woman called, um, crazy sock lady and she has absolutely fabulous sock knitting tutorials if you want to learn how to knit socks um, through all the different ways dpns magic loop two circulars she has a tutorial for you i even spent two bucks for the pattern because my pattern that i had for my vanilla sock um which you wouldn't think i would need a pattern but i nothing stays in my head um I had kind of converted it for Magic Loop and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna pay two bucks because somebody has done the work for me. And she has done such a thorough job. There's definitely some things that she's done differently. Some things I like, some things I don't, but I'm willing to absolutely try anything, um, you know, for a little bit to see if I like it. But her instructions are so clear. Even there, there's these things that I've, I'm always wondering when I'm knitting socks, when they have you, um, slipping stitches or turning a heel. She's very specific, you know, with things like, if you're a knitter, you'll, you'll understand this too, you know, slip this stitch pearl-wise with the yarn in front or the yarn behind, or when you're doing, um, when you're turning the heel, she gives you very specific instructions about what to do about when you get to the end. And so it's just, it's very good. So anyways, I highly recommend um, Crazy Sock Lady knitting the pattern and the and the video tutorials so when i bought the pattern it will actually tell you at what point in her free i mean you don't have to buy the pattern it's just the whole hour and a half long video is on youtube but she will tell you you know at 38 minutes and four seconds is where we start to turn the heel <laughs> and it's just really good to watch her do things so anyways loving that but more importantly i've buried the lead here as i've started a um a wrap it's called the elementary wrap my friend francis over at the off kilter quilt texted me and said i think i want i want to knit this as my you know kind of fall knitting project and it's a free pattern from pearl soho i will put a link in the show notes if you're in the simple everyday what's the group called simple handmade everyday facebook group um, i've already shared it there but it's a it's a free pattern and it's absolutely simple almost mindless knitting it is it's 120 stitches wide which i've already forgotten and i don't have the pattern in front of me how wide that's going to end up being i think it's it's about like 20 inches or something and it's like almost 80 inches long so it's like super you know it's just going to be this wonderful thing to wrap around your neck use as a shawl use as a scarf i'm imagining myself taking it on an airplane as your little mini blanket kind of thing and it's just stockinette. So if you do know anything about knitting, you know that if stockinette and, and if it's knitted flat, it's just straight knitting on one side and straight purling on the other. So it's just 
the perfect sort of mindless project. The only part that is not perfectly mindless is if you also are a knitter, you know that stockinette curls up on itself. If you have any sort of knitted sweater, you know that too, because knitted things are, you know, like even factory knitted things are usually stockinette and they kind of curl at the bottom. Um, so they just do a little three stitch um, border on each side to, so that it'll lay flat. And, um, oh my gosh, I uh, so I cast that on. I did not finish my sock. I'm, I'm like down the foot. I'm like almost done with that sock, but I was like, I can't wait. <laughs> um, but I used the, um, it's called, uh, oh gosh, now I don't have it in front of me, quill linen yarn. It is the yarn they call for in this free pattern. It's fingerling weight yarn, which is like sock yarn, which um, is, it's, it's thin and it's knitted on a size four needle. So um, all this to say, it's a pretty fine gauge and it's going to take forever to knit. And that doesn't matter because this is really mostly about process. I had a horrible time trying to figure out what color, <laughs> what color to pick here. And you know, the, the yarn is like 1850 a skein and you need three. So it's not a cheap knit. Um, but it's so fun to use really quality yarn. And I actually treated myself to a, a pair of um, new needles just for this project uh, at Addy Turbo Rockets, which are just super fine and slick and a pleasure to knit with. So when I was on vacation, I sat down with my daughter and said, okay, help me figure out what color. And, um, you know, I've got my, I have kind of a color palette um, that I use in my wardrobe so that everything goes together. And so I knew, and, and, you know, I'm fair and my hair is, you know, pretty much kind of white, whitish blonde-ish gray, <laughs> which is kind of interesting for me. I'm, I'm getting used to makeup and clothes and if things look a little bit different on me. So it was down to either a pink or a blue. And I, my what I would consider my signature color is kind of a sky blue. It looks very good on me. But when I was looking at the, um, at the yarn available, I was worried that it was what they had was a little bit too baby blue and I didn't want that. They had a beautiful denim blue. Um, and so my daughter told me, I think you should go with this blue. I talked to my sister-in-law. She also said that blue, but you know what? I didn't do it. <laughs> I went with a darker pink and it's, I don't know. There was just, I, it, you know, that's the thing about getting advice from people. It, it is a beautiful color and I think it would really look really good on me. But I realized before, I, I was hesitant before I ordered it because it wasn't making my heart happy. Um, and then I realized I have a an infinity scarf that's not knitted, just that's like, you know, gauze or something, you know, just fabric that I don't wear that is very much kind of that denim blue. And I've realized that I kind of struggle with the, it going with things. So so that's when I was like, you know what? I have a blue scarf that I don't wear that should tell me something. Um, so I got this. It's called Rosewood Pink. It's kind of a darker pink. In my heavy jacket, I have a black um, wool pea coat. And then I've got more of a gray puffer jacket. Um, so those are my two winter coats. And I think this pink's going to look really good with it. So anyways, I cast it on. And um, it's been totally fun knitting. 
I've been knitting so much though that um, my neck is starting to hurt and my, my hands were hurting. I think I'm past that because I'm taking more breaks and stretching, but I realized that I can have some really bad posture sitting like kind of slumped on the couch with like watching a show or something with my head turned. Like even like, I just did that as I was talking to you and I had a pain in my neck. So I think I need to work on some, some ergonomics if I'm really going to be in for the long haul on this knitting. So anyways, so Francis is knitting this, my friend Vicki over at um, my creative corner three is knitting this and I encourage you if you would like a fun long-term mindless knitting project I'll put a link in the show notes it's called the elementary wrap from Pearl Soho it's free um, there the original version of this pattern was not with such a fine gauge of um, of yarn and so if that is a little intimidating to you um, you know that that yarn is so thin it's going to take forever then I mean you just use whatever yarn you want with appropriate sized needles and just knit along. I mean, it is just a big long stock and knit scarf, so you can do whatever you want with it. But there's no formal knit along, but I'm going to be sharing my project. Frances is sharing her project. Vicki is. I encourage any of you to just pop in at any time into the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group. Share what you're knitting, what you're sewing, even what you're cooking or reading or whatever. Just, uh, you know, just it's just a place to share with, you know, people of, of similar minds. Before we move on to books, I wanted to talk about the other creative endeavor that I had so much fun with actually just last night, and that is pottery with a purpose. I talked about this before. I did a little unboxing on Instagram, but pottery with a purpose is a DIY pottery kit, and they sent me an air dry um, clay kit. And as kind of a date night activity last night, my husband and I sat down and we made little pinch pots and we had so much fun. So in this kit, um, they send you quite a lot of clay. I, we can still do this a whole other time. Um, complete instructions on, on how to make a pinch pot, how to embellish it, other ideas. I mean, you don't have to make a pinch pot, but that is like, you know, if you're just, um, a beginner and want to do something easy and fun that's not too stressful is a great starter project. What I really got a kick out of is they include some amazing tools. Like these are tools that I feel like a real potter would use. Um, two beautiful wooden tools to do embellishments, to poke holes. This other tool that has um, these wire loops on either end that you can, um, you know, sort of engrave and embellish a, a project. Um, and it comes with some uh, kind of natural looking white paint and a paintbrush. So I, literally, it's just, it's a complete kit. So my husband and I sat down to do this and um, I had seen on their Instagram page, someone had made a candle holder. So I just made a simple pinch pot and then went through, poked a bunch of holes in it. My husband made a little bowl too and then just kind of engraved a, um, you know, a design on the side with, kind of, you know, triangles and wavy lines and stuff. So they are drying right now. Uh, we did this last night. And um, it said to, that to do the embellishment part, you should wait a little bit. So we made our pots and then we just went over, watched one episode of Madam Secretary, turned it off, went back, <laughs> and then started doing our embellishments. 
And uh, so I'm going to let those dry for a couple days and then we're going to paint them. And once they're all done, I will absolutely share a photo. But um, yeah, I talked about this kit before and just with all the stuff happening around here, I hadn't gotten around to doing it. And I'm so glad we I did. And we are definitely going to do this again with these um, the rest of this clay. So super fun. Um, that's called Pottery with a Purpose. Let's move on to books. Well, between vacation, uh, you know, plane flights, and all the knitting I've been doing, I've been doing a lot of reading and listening to audiobooks. So I've definitely got some stuff to share here. The first one is a book I got for vacation, and it's called The Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. And I believe she does a knitting, uh, not a knitting, but a quilting book as well but this book was so fun I just I absolutely loved it it is about a woman who um, has a very good job up in wine country in Napa Sonoma and it pays really well and she's getting promotions but it is like a soulless job for her and through a series of tragedies, um, she ends up inheriting a bookshop called the Lost and Found Bookshop, and she also starts caring for her elderly grandfather, and who has lived in that shop, like a but you know, it's a shop with an apartment above. He's lived there his entire life, so there's a lot of stuff wrapped up in that, and it's um, financially it's in terrible shape, but luckily she's super good with numbers. And the whole story is really about how she finds herself and her love for reading and book selling and her connection with her mother and her grandfather all through trying to save this bookshop that's in a historic building in San Francisco that unfortunately needs a lot of work, but there's not a lot of money. Um, so it was a, a very fun read. I loved every moment of it. So I definitely... Um, I definitely recommend that. So again, that's The Lost and Found Bookshop by Susan Wiggs. I believe last episode I talked about um, listening to The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and I finished that. I wasn't sure I was going to like how it ended, but it turned out it was a great book, and it is, it's a little bit of an it book right now. Like I think you're going to have a hard time <laughs> getting it from the library, but it's worth the wait. Just put it on a list on Libby or Cloud Library or whatever you use. Um, definitely enjoyed that. And now I am listening to The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Now, if you've listened to this for a while, not that I expect you to remember this. I've actually had this book for about two years. I have taken several runs at it um, and just not gotten anywhere. It is a physical book. Like some, my, one of my kids gave it to me for Christmas, if, maybe two and a half years ago now. Um, and I just honestly, I struggle with reading physical books these days. I like ebooks because I like to be able to read them at night without a light and even though I know that blue light's not good for me but um so anyways after several times of trying to read that book and it's gotten really good reviews and I love the author Jojo Moyes is one of my favorite authors so I just got the ebook or yeah the, not the ebook the audiobook and I started it yesterday I'm halfway done today <laughs> I did a lot of knitting yesterday and a lot of yard work this morning um, and I also listen to audiobooks I talked about this last time at 1.5 speed and um, you can really get through some books that way and it does not affect the way it sounds like I used to think and it's got the same reader um, I want to say I wish I'd written this down I think her name is Jill Whalen she's the same narrator as 
the um, Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and I love her. <laughs> she, she's a great reader. Um, she does different kinds of voices and accents really well. So totally enjoying that. Um, I was desperately trying to find books because I go through a lot of books on vacation. So I was going through Libby, trying to find things. And um, I do love Kristen Hanna who's done The Nightingale and The Great Alone. She's got a book out, a new book out right now. I can't remember what it's called, but I have it requested all over the place. So in like six months, I will get that. But I just decided to pick a different one. Um, and it's called Distant Shores. And I was really enjoying it, but my loan ran out. And you know, if someone else is waiting for it, they just take it away from you. <laughs> so I'm very sad, um, but I've already re-requested it. So when that person's done, um, I'm going to get it right back, but it is about two friends. It's a, it's a contemporary novel, two friends. I think it's most from, it, it is about two friends, but one of them more specifically, um, who is hitting middle age and kind of realizing that she does not know what to do with herself. She's definitely hitting that midlife uh, situation where she's been married for 25 years and um, her kids are away at college and her whole life has been wrapped up in raising her family and she is lost. And so she is joining this kind of a support group for, um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like women who have lost their passion. <laughs> and, uh, and that's kind of as far as I got. And I was like, I was all in, I'm like, this is going to be really fun. And then they took it away. So I'm definitely, I'm going to get that one back. I'll let you know how that pans out. But I really need to pace myself because the new Louise Penny book is coming out on August 24th. It's called The Madness of Crowds. It's the latest in the Inspector Gamache series. And I am so excited about that. You know, Louise Penny is my favorite. And apparently she's also Hillary Rodham Clinton's favorite because in October, Louise Penny and Hillary Rodham Clinton have a book coming out together called State of Terror. It's um, some sort of a thriller involving the Secretary of, of State. <laughs> and I don't even know exactly what it's all about, but I'm sure it's going to be wonderful because I love Louise Penny. I love Madam Secretary, so and I just, I love that kind of political thriller kind of thing. So that was a huge surprise when I went looking one day to find out when is the new, next Louise Penny going to come out. So anyways, that's called State of Terror, and I'm definitely going to be getting that. I usually do a little talking about um, TV shows at this point, but you know what? I am completely immersed in rewatching comfort shows right now, so there's nothing new to talk about. My husband and I are watching Madam Secretary. I'm watching a bunch of Midsummer Murders. I've watched a few episodes of McLeod's Daughters again, like all my favorites, just, you know, because I'm doing a lot of knitting, um, but just not uh, inspired to watch anything really new right now. We did, um, we do have a list of movies that we'd like to watch with my um, college-bound son before he goes, and we knocked one of those off the other night. It's called Whiplash. It's from many years ago, and it is about a jazz drumming college student and his sadistic band leader, <laughs> and um, we watched this many years ago with my older kids, and um, one of that son um, is a jazz guitar player but my a youngest son who was a jazz drummer he was too young to watch it and um, he was probably off at a sleepover or something and we've always said oh Ben needs to watch this when he gets older 
um, because I really didn't want to put him off <laughs> of drumming. But now that he's almost 19 and has many years of jazz drumming under his belt, and I don't if you've never seen it, it's a very good movie, but it is hard to watch. It's about a kid who's at a a music school that's modeled after Juilliard. It's in New York, and how he is trying to get himself into the top band there's called the studio band and how the band director basically just messes with people's heads and really abuses them you know emotionally and verbally abuses them in his own weird way to try to bring out the best in them and how this kid gets under his thumb and how you try he tries to get out and how his dad's trying to help him get out from this and anyways it's quite good but um, a little bit hard definitely a lot hard to watch I also wanted to mention a podcast that I'm listening to by it's a new podcast by Dara Thomason um, we have done in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group we did a five-day um, weight loss challenge with Dara about a year ago and she now has a podcast called Weight Loss for Quilters. Now on previous podcasts I have recommended the Weight Loss for Busy Physicians podcast saying it doesn't matter if you're not a doctor she's really good. Well she and Dara have basically gotten their um what would you call it? Their certification as life coaches and weight loss coaches from the same place. So they're actually very much talking about the same types of things, which is that weight loss is really a mind game. It's really about managing your thoughts, managing your mind. Um, other words for this are cognitive behavioral therapy, thought work, um, just really trying to figure out track back your results and your behaviors back to the thoughts that um that started all and um she's dara's very good she gives really good examples um at this point i think there's about four or five episodes so definitely um worth a listen i was thinking like you know I, i've done weight watchers I'm, I'm not doing it now but i've done it in the past and one of the things about going to a weight watchers meeting is just getting that what i would we used to call free therapy it's not free you're paying for it but the um, the Weight Watchers leader that I had was actually a therapist and she was so good and I did feel like okay I'm just going for a group therapy session once a week and I was thinking oh I should treat Dara's podcast like that just that um, you know every week like this is my once a week therapy session to get my head into the right place um, you know for long-term weight loss so check that out weight loss for quilters and while we're on that subject, over in the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group, we're currently in the middle of a 10-day challenge. I talked about this last episode, um, that we can do hard things if we set our mind to it, but if we do it together, it makes it easier. And if we give each other some accountability, that just really helps. So uh, I set up a 10-day challenge. It started on August 11th, and we'll go through the 20th. You can jump in any time. does not matter. And then I think we will probably um, wait a little bit and do another one, maybe work or then do a 14-day challenge. Maybe we'll do a 30-day challenge in the fall, something like that. But it has been so fun to see the different things that people are challenging themselves to do. I am challenging myself to track my food. I'm always trying to lose weight and tracking is key for me. I hate to do it, but I have been consistent in this and I think I have... Tr- found out why I think I should be losing weight but I'm not when I actually write everything down so so revealing 
Other people are challenging themselves to do some sort of self-care every day. Someone is trying to drink a certain amount of water. Other people have hand quilting or sewing goals in general. Um, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, um, an hour even of, of working on free motion quilting, all kinds of things like that. So um, it's like whatever you know you should be doing, but for whatever reason, you just can't get any traction on it. We're all doing that over together in the Facebook group. So if you want to get in on that, hop on board. We are happy to have you. All right, let's wrap this up with um, my final segment here, which is sometimes on homemaking and sometimes on productivity. And we're definitely a little more productivity focused today. I have spoken many times about my love for uh, Organized 365 and the Sunday Basket system, which I started doing about a year ago. Um, and I've talked about it on the podcast many times. Basically, the Sunday Basket is a way to... Um, you know, they, they bill it as, as a way to manage the paper in your life. And while that's true, I, and, and I wasn't sure that it was for me because I'm like, you know, I don't really, I'm very digital. I don't have a lot of paper, but it's more about managing all the, all the random things in your life. So um, whether that is just keeping track of all the things, like for instance, my son's going away to college. I've got a little slash pocket, pocket folder for him that's got all you know, the, the lists of the things that we need to buy him and how we, the vaccinations that he needs and the forms we need to fill out and all that kind of stuff. Um, I have a slash pocket for, um, which is just another name for a file folder that things don't fall out of, of clothes that I want to buy, of um, podcasts that I want to watch, books I want to read. Just It's a way to keep track of things. And the idea is that you, if, if, Anything that comes across your mind, something you want to buy, something you need to do, a bill you need to pay, something that you want to research, um, if it just comes into your mind, you just jot it on a piece of paper, throw it in your Sunday basket, and then on Sunday, and I actually do this on Saturday mornings, actually, you take it all out and you put it in groups of these are the things I need to do, this is stuff on the computer, these are errands I need to run. This is uh, money stuff that I need to handle. These are things that I'm waiting for. So I'm just going to keep those things there till I get that rebate. I get that refund or whatever. And you just batch it. You just sit there for however long it takes. You know, it doesn't really take me more than about 45 minutes to an hour to just go through everything I need to do, put everything on my calendar. And then I'm kind of organized and ready to go for the week. And little things do not fall through the cracks anymore. So anyways, that's the Sunday basket. But the same woman who has invented the Sunday Basket has written several books, and um, I recently reviewed a book called The Paper Solution. And she talks about how um, we need to get rid of our filing cabinets and put things into binders because they are more portable, because they are a limited size. You really only keep the part that you need, like from a manual, you know, for instance, like if you have a home organization binder, um, a home reference binder. If you've got, if you have, you have a manual, which you probably don't need at all because it's online, but if you want to keep it, just, just rip out the English part and throw away the other seven languages that you don't need just to save space. So anyways, I loved this idea and I wanted to dip my toe into it. And so, um, I reached out to them and they sent me the financial organizing binder. And I love this idea because, um, during the pandemic, uh, we realized we need to get our affairs in order. So my husband and I finally went to a lawyer. We got a trust and a will and all those things finally taken care of. 
But now that my kids are out of the house and my husband and I are doing more, we're going to be like doing more traveling on our own. I have this little nagging thing in the back of my mind of like, what if something happens to us? And so sure, the, we've got that all taken care of, you know, in terms of the, the living trust and the will, but how will the kids know basically where all the money is? Like what, you know, how you know, we've got bank accounts in multiple places, investments in multiple places, um, life insurance in a couple places. Like, you know, how do, how do people even really dig through all that and figure it out? Well, the financial organizing binder handles exactly that. It is like, in case something happens to you, this is the guide that somebody would need. So I started filling this out. And, you know, in the book, The Paper Solution, um, Lisa Woodruff, the author, she talks about this. And you could build this yourself. But, and, and I kind of tried. But then I was like, you know what? I just really want to see all the things that a pro would put into a binder. Um, and definitely there's some things in here that I would not have thought of including. So there are five sections to the binder. So it come, first of all, it comes in a really nice uh, D-ring binder. Um, super high quality. I was I was very surprised. You know how you can stretch out a binder by when you just pull the rings? You can't even pull these rings open. You have to use the little lever, <laughs> which is kind of funny. Um, so there's a section called general information. Um, and that is just all the information about each member of your family, including all those things like for instance, like for my husband, it will have his driver's license number, his social security number. I mean, like all those things that you um, you, you need about people, but you if they're not there to ask, you know, like how do you find this information out? Um, if they're in the military, those sorts of numbers, passport numbers, where they keep their passports. Like, you know, for my kids, I can just say it's all in the safe. But um, health insurance information. But So I'm going to definitely fill this out. Well, I actually started this last night. This is one of those little projects that honestly I've been procrastinating a little. It's like I wanted to do it this summer, but it's not that fun, right? <laughs> to get all this, gather all this information. So I decided I was going to tackle it fly lady style, 15 minutes a day. And so I've started doing that. And today, actually the 15 minutes is I need to sit down with my husband and say, okay, you need to give me all the account numbers for all of the retirement accounts and life insurance accounts that are in your name. I'm gonna write all this down. So there's information sheets on each person in your family. Um, and you know, like my kids, they will definitely need to know things like what are my parents' social security numbers, things like that. The second one is called current money. And this is where you would keep your bank account information um, and credit card you know, what are all your credit cards? Um, she even has things like, um, you know, if you want to track your gift cards, like, you know, personally, because, you know, you can lose track of those. But basically, bank accounts, credit cards, things like that, where your money is now. The next section is called future money, and that is all about your retirement stuff. There's a section on inventory with a lot of good information on how to inventory things in your house from photos. Um, to all of your, um, you know, things that you, like if you video recorded everything in your house for insurance purposes and how to store that, how to scan your receipts so that, you know, basically you don't need a lot of paperwork. Um, and then there's a section about estate planning, which is just making sure that the, you know, your executors have all the information they need. So anyways, it's a, it's a big project, but I'm totally up for it because my husband and I are going on a vacation, just the two of us. Um, after we drop our last kid off at college, the next weekend we're going to go on vacation. I'm going to feel so much better 
if I can just say, okay, there's a financial binder on the shelf right next to the the trust. And if anything happens to us, everything you need to know is right there. I know it's a little morbid, but you know what? Um, I just, I totally believe in being prepared and I'm tired. I literally had, you know, make a will on the top of my to-do list for like 15 years. And I feel so good knowing that that is taken care of. And, um, and that, you know, like now that that's taken care of, that the, the kids could get everything that, you know, they, they deserve, hopefully will not need it. It's, it's a whole bunch of work that we will not need, but that is um, being prepared. So anyways, um, so that's the financial organizing binder from Organize 365. Um, I'm super happy with it. Super. Um, I just, it's, I feel like it's, it's worth having someone who has does this as a business to know all the things that you should really be keeping track of because she definitely thought of some things that I didn't but if you want to know more um, about all the different binders they sell them but it's also all in the book the paper solution okay before I go I did want to thank lavender violets for your review on apple podcast I appreciate it and I agree with you we are kindred spirits (laughs) Um, as I think a lot of us are here on this podcast and that is the beauty of the internet is that we can find people that have similar interests to us so I completely appreciate that review if you're feeling generous any of you um, rate review the podcast it helps people to find it um, and when they search for it and it just it absolutely helps me and that's about it for today you can find me online at my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, on Instagram at Kristen Esser, and please consider joining the Simple Handmade Everyday Facebook group so that we can keep the conversation growing. Have a great week.